how to face setbacks in life and then we are started uh, looking at principles that we have to follow to recover from the setbacks that we face in life. We are looking at the life of David and uh, we moved on last week into the book of Jeremiah chapter 18 uh, it's 1 to 8, but for the story of the life of David, we dwell on 1 Samuel chapter 13. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 18. I'll read this 1 to 8, and in the process of time, I will find a bit more to 1 Samuel chapter 13. The swine of Jeremiah chapter 18. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the Lord's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the Lord's house, and there he was making something at the door. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the border. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed to the border. It was after that this incident that eventually God spoke to Jeremiah after Jeremiah and observed all this that we had read in the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, and I not do with you as this Lord. Look, as the flame is in the poor's hand, so I will in my hand for absolution. And concerning the kingdom, to plant up, to go down, to destroy. The dark nation against whom I have spoken turns from this people. I will relent of the disaster that I have told. The instant I speak concerning the nation, and concerning the kingdom, the glory of the land, the dust people in my sons, so that we can follow all my promise, and I will let myself go to the woods and see who we are. Now, therefore, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning the disaster, and dividing the man against you. And return now, everyone, from his evil way, and make your ways and your ways to And for his So we will walk according to our plans, and we will look at the one again. And last week, when we began to look at this plan, I said that when you look at one, Life is full of roadblocks that in turn is focus on the world. But in all this process, in spite of the roadblocks that we face, God is able to help us to stand here. 
And we look at this story somehow and across the mind of us in last week. But last week I said that when you look at this story, you discover one thing that our minds are works in progress. God is not yet done with us. And the fact that we are in God's hands does not mean that things cannot go wrong with us. Things can go wrong with our lives. Whilst we are in Christ, things can go wrong with our lives. Just like the way the praying or the verse of God marked in the hand of Jeremiah. But Jeremiah did not have a in the hand of the border, but Jeremiah, but this border did not give up. The Bible tells us that the border immediately done to use the very same prayer to design another person. And I said last week that God is able to redesign our lives. And therefore we don't need to cancel ourselves out before God is using us. And God, as, as he continues through Jeremiah, he's basically saying, look here, if one truly repents, if that's a fact, he can fortify God is able to start a place that So last week we saw that when, when we get into a mess, when things are going out of order, and sometimes it's not because of sin only, but so many other factors as we're going to look at today. One of the things I say is that God still holds us in His hands. Amen? And I say God continues to speak to us. And the emphasis I put on last week is to say, whether you like it or not, you cannot run away from the voice of God. But if you go under the waters, it is going to speak to you right now. If you try to go into the desert, you will find you there. There is no place you can go where you can run away from the voice of God. For one simple reason that God has a contract with your life, and the contract reads never to leave you, not to sin. So he will find you until you come back. Amen? So I say, in that process, God is ready to show us what He can do with our lives. And one of the things that God will always do with our lives, no matter what happens, is that God brings restoration. Hallelujah. So the question is, so then how can we start it? Because all these things pass the years and they sound good. But how do we start it? Because here you are, your reputation is gone, your marriage is over, possibly you have suffered the worst divorce in life. The relationship you find on and often thinking this is the one that is going to end in marriage, the young man or the young lady tells you it's over. And there are some things you need to do with which we are going to look at and then we pray about this. Your job is gone. You just suffer the worst. You try to pray. Your business is gone. And your church is gone. The investment you rely on is gone. The question is, these things as they happen in people's lives, how can people start afresh? Because if we go, one thing that the devil is going to do is that he's going to hold us and plant us in prison forever. Amen? Amen? The very first thing that you should do when you come into a situation like this, I will go on and on and on, but because I really want to pray. The very first thing you should do is to accept and receive God's grace. There is nothing you can do in your life without the grace of God. 
Hallelujah. Because when these things happen, what happens is that you are weak, you are confused, and you don't know where to go and where to start from, and the only place you can start from is the grace of God. So it happens one day in the life of Paul. The Bible tells us that there was a problem in this place. And Paul had to say, Lord, no, this is, this is too much. And as he comes before the Lord and he says, God, I really, really want you to take away this one. These are the words that eventually came to the Lord. And that then eventually came to the Lord. In this matter of certain religions of the world. And he said to me, it's really good for me, sir. Unless I should be exalted about nature by the abundance of the revelations, and only the place was given to me a message of searching to bound the people, lest I be exalted about nature. But saying this thing, I pleaded, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, our verse, the verse 9, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may raise upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. It, when, when you come to a situation like that, all these things about and, and, and I'll, I'll mention so many things as I can about. Here you are, the pastor, and you start the way I am starting to and I'm preaching, and I'm trying and, 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 and the word of God, and then your daughter comes home and says, I'm <laughs> but I'm saying, if that happens, what do you do? Are you going to tell the girl, go and abort? Or are you going to tell the girl, we're going to be in the house for nine months? And then afterwards, when the baby is born, we're going to send you as your auntie, or we're going to give the baby away to a doctor. Or you go to the village and say, we're going to So, all of you next nine months, that's what I'm How do you stand in front of the church and say, okay, so I am this? Because that one is going to happen with the son. I want it to know. At that point, you are confused. You don't know what to do. And you are weak. And you even don't have the courage and the strength to stand in front of people. The only thing that is going to take you through that is the grace of God. You can't do it by your own strength. That's when you realize you are weak. Hallelujah. And I want us to know as a church that it is the grace of God and the grace of God alone which is our church. Amen. Because sometimes when things go wrong, people will condemn you. But this thing I have given right now, you will be condemned. People will condemn you. But the biggest challenge is that you also condemn yourself because you begin to think maybe I am a bad guy. Maybe I am a bad businessman after all. Maybe I am a bad pastor after all. Maybe I am bad this after all. So you go into a process of actually beginning to convey yourself, but I want us to understand and know that God's grace is sufficient. There is absolutely nothing you can do outside of the sufficiency of God. And that can be through you. So what would the grace of God do? The three things that are focused on. Number one, the grace of God, if the mess is something that you cause with yourself, you came into this mess by yourself. 
You were told, you didn't want to listen. You went on, you said your best life is free. And then you went and, and messed up. One of the things the grace of God is going to give you is that God's grace is going to give you to you. If this thing is going to come up, it will come God, God's grace is going to give you to you. Now, by mentioning, and I'll go up on that one a little bit to make sure, but by mentioning that, I am not keeping a lot of things to you. Make it possible. Because when you see, there are always consequences. You cannot see and say, okay, Lord, now, into that, and you can take away the consequences. The consequences will still come. So it's not a license to see. Because when people see, they see you without a license. So that's why I'm saying, there will be consequences, but if you see, God's grace is still sufficient for you to start again. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you've been found in a mess. You bought this mess by yourself. Still more at that point in time. The grace of God is sufficient. And I will dwell on that this part of forgiveness later on as I will just before you do this. But the second thing the grace of God is going to be able to explain. That's one of the things that the grace of God will do. When you look at sin, sin is not physical. Sin is spiritual. Because it feels physical, the people have got great will, power, in life, they will experience. People are soldiers, soldiers will be All these minor controllers, they will be Because there are people who have got a lot of great will power. But you actually find that even the people that there is a state whereby they call the fall of grace. People you never thought would mess up in that. The next thing you hear is that they have messed up and they have messed up together. But in that one as well, that's why the beginning is that this thing, this thing they call sin is not physical. It is spiritual. Because one thing I know about sin, when you have messed up, when things have happened in your life, one thing that happens when sin is that it drains you of energy. It just drains you of energy. You feel like you cannot stand anymore. Actually, when, when things happen like this, you don't even think that one day you'll be able to stand. Only put it like this and read bread. You actually think that's the end of you. And it's not only about sin. But even when you are there, you are the greatest encourager, and now then comes when you are the one to be encouraged. You know, sometimes when, when you are encouraged and encouraged, and everybody comes to you, and they leave, and then you are given encouragement, 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 and then comes a time when you are the one to be encouraged. And everybody knows that right now, at this point in time, he really needs some encouragement. I want you to know, you try to say a scripture, he takes hands there, the mouth is so dry, the throat is so dry, you make him in Hallelujah. In those moments, I want you to know, the grace of God is going to give you strength. Because all these things, they suck your energy. They train your energy. It's only when you rely on Christ, as you allow Him to live daily in you, and as children of God, we need to understand that we can only find strength in God. Hallelujah. We can only find strength in Christ. Number three is that the grace of God will be found out. God just loves to give his children love. Most of the time you are, if you really, really want to discover your strength, you're going to discover your strength in terms of It's not both of the moments that you really get to discover your strength. It's in the moments of people. You know, it's very easy to say to 
He says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. The biggest challenge and the biggest struggle people have when things get messed up is to accept and receive God's forgiveness or forgiveness. And I want to talk about that's where our prayer is going to grow a bit more this morning. There are about three things that may happen after sins obstacles to forgiveness. Either for you to receive forgiveness from God or for you to forgive others. There are six things that we're going to do that and we deal with them together. The very first thing is shared. It's shared. Shared is a very powerful force in life and a lot of people confuse shared with you. But they are different. Shame is very sad. Shame is very difficult to identify. And yet, shame can actually have a great impact on your relationships and the decisions you make and even your relationship with God. And I'll give you a few examples there to make but even to make making it even more tricky is that shame most of the times is very logical. At times you can actually feel ashamed in situations that objectively you know shouldn't provoke shame. So I'll give you a good example. Because we're talking about making men of all these men celebrities. You meet your friend. Your friend tells you about a big promotion at work. This friend either was a BFF, or you were together in college, or but it's somebody you know. It's somebody you know. So this is the friend. They come and they tell you about their big promotion at work. Or they new love relationship. The one that they are really excited about is going to be with marriage. Or they come or they call you and tell you they just bought this new car. Or they just started this new business which really looks very, very promising. Things are not working for me. Alright? They're, they're not coming to compete with you. They are coming actually to share with the testimony. But things are not working for you. Things are not working at all, at all, at all for you. All over a sudden, what feels is you feel this intense wave of shame. And the intense wave of shame says, Look at you after all, you haven't progressed much in life. That one has nothing to do with the wrong you've done. It's just that things are not working okay for you. And and and, and the challenge with shame, when, when this intense word of shame comes, one of the things you will be tempted to do is that you will be tempted to hide from them. You will begin to avoid people. You, you will try as much as you can to keep away from them. And, 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 but all the people, they just wanted to share with you. They didn't want to compete with you. You studied sociology. They studied economics. They start, their, their, their job is to do with economics. They can't take your sociology job. But because you went together, 
you still share. Give and 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 you don't want to You begin to avoid you begin to avoid gatherings, you begin to avoid the church, you begin to you begin to avoid everything. You say as for me, the way I was born is I just keep things to myself. And a lot of people who keep things to themselves is because they are struggling with shame. Things are not where they thought things could be. So they tell God, they don't want to come for prayer, they don't want to go to any, anywhere, they don't want this shame. And this is one thing a lot of children of God struggle with. You are, you are going everywhere. Or if, if, if what happened, let's say you messed up, I'll tell you the truth. And it's very hard for you to be bothered. Amen? Shame, shame makes you feel that you have a problem. That's what shame does. Shame makes you feel you have a problem, or not, not, and most of them, not just something you have done or something you haven't done. Amen. 
And you are walking on the road. Sometimes I know I give these things as testimony, but I've heard it because when I'm selling chicken, chicken beans and chicken bones and manimapu and chicken heads and other amazing personal graphics from the most continuous chicken. And the same of the man who is a human being here for them is doing their duties. And some of these people think, we must have put some of them in the camera that I thought we were going to do. But we're not going to see them all. All you can remember is we can not with them. Oh, please, oh, please. Please. How in an unexpected moment they remind me that when I thought life is now good. So, so what are you doing this way? As long as you are in Christ, 
And I will read, I will read the nice scripture to you before, before we start. But as long as you are in Christ, the Bible says there is no answer for the nation. And my question, I want to ask you a few questions. Because many scholars may be saying that this Number one, how long will you condemn yourself? How long will you? Why don't you make a decision and say, I'm taking back my life, I'm rising out, I'm going ahead? How long will you condemn yourself? How long will you be bitter? Don't just look at some of us look like we have got a great family today. We, we were also once disappointed by a girl and we almost committed suicide. <laughs> That's, that's the only time in my life that I really tried suicide because I was disappointed by a girl. A girl dropped me one. I'm not going to ask you. 
and they promise it themselves. Now they come and this is that. So, Okay. You can't live on people's sympathy. You can't live on people's sympathy. You have to live on God's grace. Amen? Complaining will not take you anywhere. It will not. There is only one thing that is sufficient. It is the grace of God. Now, I want us to pray. We'll pray for about 15 minutes. But before we pray, let's go to Proverbs 23, 16, because that's where we start praying. I don't want you to go into 2021 with these issues. We are going to rise up. We are going to face the facts and rise up. Amen? Proverbs 23, 16. Am I right?